0: Dr. Reverend Dr. Thomas Ndano is a senior lecturer with the University of Ghana Dental School. And I also have Dr. John Ganley. He is a senior lecturer with the School of Public Health, University of Ghana. We're looking at the environmental and health impact of galamse. Yes, you hear a lot about galamse. Some of it is political. Some of it is uh, huh. huh. I don't know how else to put it, social, but we're looking at the impact on your health, your well being, and the impact on our environment as part of this uh, public lecture that is coming up. Uh, Prof, let me start with you. Uh, we've got this sixth biannual lecture coming up. It's a public lecture, so the target actually is the public. Am I right? That's Sorry. Yes, the public is the target. Yeah,
1: that's correct. Let me say good afternoon to all our listeners. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So why are we targeting the public? They know we are academics, we are clinicians, and so on and so forth. And they hear a lot, especially or particularly in the news, in Parliament, about the damaging effects of Galam c And I'm glad this theme has been chosen, but uh, why are we targeting the public for this?
1: Well, thank you very much. Um, like you rightly said, this is a public lecture. Mm-hmm. And we are targeting the public because issues of galamsee affect everybody. And we want to focus on the public health impact mm-hmm. of galamsee. There are people who may have heard about galamsee. They don't even know what it is. Right. They don't know how it goes on. They don't know what the effects are. Some may say that, well, as for me, I'm in Accra. Uh, the Galamsee is taking place in Takwa or in Dunkwa or somewhere so I can't be affected Right. but it goes beyond that so we want to engage the public to create the awareness and at
0: the same time educate them on the impact
1: okay. right. of this galamsey.
0: Okay for you my discerning listeners uh, there is the, the actual public lecture which will come off on the 27th of September at 4pm at the British Council Hall. 27th of September at 4 pm at the british council hall there are key topics to be covered Galamse and non-communicable diseases i've got the public health and other gurus in the studio to explain when we say the public health impact and we'll say non-communicable diseases in ghana and then the Galamse menace in ghana and the effect on infectious diseases as well right these will be presented by Professor Richmond Aite, he's a lecturer with the School of Public Health, uh, University of Ghana, and also uh, Dr. Ago Asari, also with the Public Health Unit of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital. The lecture will be chaired by the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Ghana, Professor Nana Abba Apia Amfo. And uh, make sure you don't miss that. It's a public lecture on the 27th at the British Council Hall, uh 4 p.m. but we have the main issues in the studio remember we're live on facebook and youtube and uh, you can also get us by whatsapp 055 11 11 997 so dr ganley am i pronouncing your name right i'm um, correct right correct. yeah okay you're with public health just like prof Kalistego uh, tegu yes. just uh, let's look at the the, the theme mm-hmm. right why 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 this theme for
2: this this year Right. Um so um good afternoon to our listeners. Uh, also. Um so like prof said um we we've 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 had a lot of engagement with the public asset college over mm. the years. Okay. And we focus on different aspects. I think the most recent one we had focused on COVID. Right. And mm-hmm. this year in particular we've looked around and 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 if you think about one of the pressing issues at our time it definitely is calamity, but not just because it's it's pressing, but because of what has been neglected, right. which is like you started in your introduction, we've had different angles to the to the conversation, the politics of it, the environmental destruction and all of that. What we're having really focused on is health, right. which is the short. But also the long-term health impact of this and so this particular lecture is kind of trying to draw some attention to that um, um and and we because we already see in the media report about um, um water pollution i mean it's not just the water pollution right. there is a public health problem there um if the water is not properly treated and probably we'll discuss a bit more about yeah. that mm-hmm. then we, we, we are at risk of all kinds of, 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 of um, disease conditions. And okay. I think for us, that is the reason why um, we've chosen to focus on Galamse in this year's public um, um, lecture. Okay, right. So if you've just joined
0: us, that's the reason, that's the thrust, that's the focus. Yes, Galamse is closer than you think. And this uh, upcoming lecture is focusing on some of these health and environmental impacts. When you look at Ghana's economy, mining is a big thing, a big player in the economy, but at what cost? That's what uh, the clinicians in the studio are going to discuss with us. At what cost, um, Reverend Doctor Indano? N- I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, looking at these these uh, interrelated things, we 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 need to mine, right? And we need to mine safely. Galamse refers to illegal mining, illegal small scale mining. Am I right? Uh, is there anything broader than that? And I'll come back to the others shortly.
3: I think so far, good afternoon, our listeners, also. Uh, we have been informed, or most of the public believe, that Galamse is just a small scale mining that people do illegally. <laughs> that is the picture we have. Mm-hmm. But where we have gotten to now, Is something very massive
2: right
3: and then we are sort of doing it unregulated Mm -hmm. therefore the effect has become more pronounced and the scope has increased but from where I see it Mm -hmm. uh, when you ask the question about why they focus this time I think that even though like you said we have raised issues from different perspectives for those of us in the hospitals or we we see the after effect okay. of these things. And the best way to handle it is to find ways of informing our people to put in pre- preventive measures. Okay. So we believe that I arming mean, the people who do it or people that, that, that are directly uh, affected, mm-hmm. if we can provide adequate information about the impact it is having on them currently or medium or long term, they might rethink the way they are going about it. Okay. In addition to that, Galamsey is not just political issue. There are social black, say bread and butter issue. Yeah. So we want to look at it more holistically.
4: Right.
3: Emphasizing the short, middle, and long term. Okay. On their <coughs> hand.
0: All right. Great. Now, let me come to you, Prof Kalistego. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about if I may, downstream or longer-term health and environmental impacts? Uh, Has the horse not already bolted? Um, Of course, we need to understand that, but um, if somebody is mining and eventually or subsequently it would degrade the environment, it would affect communities, it would affect uh, their their access to good clean uh, water and so on and so forth, and we're talking about the health impact, uh, um, are we not too far downstream?
1: Well, it's a yes and no. Mm. Yes because I mean a lot of damage has already been done. Okay. The best time to have talked about Galamsey and regulated it was 20 years ago. But the best next best time is today. Today. So yes, a lot of harm has been harm- has been done already, Joy. but there is still some hope. Mm-hmm. There is still some opportunity for us to remedy what has been Done wrongly.
2: Okay.
1: Um, the problem we have with Galamsey is the regulation. You know, um, Galamsey is illegal mining. Right. What we are seeing now goes beyond the scope of just small scale. I mean, if you have excavators
4: mm-hmm.
1: mining, that cannot be small scale. If you look at the r- regulations, I mean, small scale mining is using rudimentary equipment. But when you have the chamfans in the water bodies and the excavators, that is not small-scale, but it's still illegal. Right. Okay, now the
0: issue is So essentially, here, the, the, the term galamse could actually be misleading us.
1: Galamse is, uh, is an adulterated word. To think It, that, it means yeah. gather and sell. Right. Gather them and sell. Right. And that was what used to be happening in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the laws of Ghana, until 1989, every form of small-scale mining was illegal. Right. But then, during the PNDC era, they brought in that Small-Scale Mining Act and then people were required to meet certain standards first you need to acquire land you need to have a title you need to acquire permit from EPA mm-hmm. then you need permit from the minerals commission mm-hmm. and once these were met another condition was land reclamation right. after the mining okay so these regulations are there so by these regulations anybody mining in water bodies is illegal right the challenge is that in reality, we don't have the capacity to, to supervise small-scale mining. Okay. And let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. I did some work in the Takwa area around 10 years ago, and if you know anything about the Takwa Mining District, it extends from Dabwasi all the way to Inchi. At the time, they had two technical offices to supervise that whole enclave. At the time, they had one and a half vehicles. Why do I say one and a half? They had one brand new vehicle and a rickety one that breaks down at will. Right. So how were, they, and there were two. So how they were, are they able to go around and inspect all these mining sites? Right. So we lack capacity to start with, okay. to enforce the regulation. And that has been the problem. Right. But that is just one side of the coin. Mm-hmm. The other side of the coin is, like Tom said earlier, it's a bread and butter issue. Yep. It has to do with livelihood. livelihoods. So, people would do anything. At any cost. At any cost. And it's not just the small-scale miners we see going down the pits. They are the small fries. It's an entire mafia. Mafia, right. You have traditional rulers. You have political leaders. You have the security agencies all hands mm-hmm. deep. My work there opened my eyes. Before you get to any Galamse side, they actually have at least two checkpoints before you get to where they are doing the illegal mining. Mm-hmm. They have created their own checkpoints. You get to the first checkpoint and it will take another 100 meters to get to the second checkpoint before you get to where they are mining. It's a way of protecting themselves. Okay. By the time you have gone past the first checkpoint, alarm has been raised. Right. So you get there and you won't find anybody.
0: Okay. So th- th- those are the challenging issues. Right with the process okay so we've we've gotten some sense of the scope the magnitude of this problem uh the kind of socioeconomic factors that keep it in place uh keep it ultimately resistant to all our best efforts to regulate you've also cited uh, our deficiencies in capacity to regulate anyway right so that tells me that when we now shift gears to look at the toll the cost right or the import of galamsey on our environmental and other uh, health uh, issues, then there's, uh, should I say, a horrifying story to be told. Yeah. Let's shift <coughs> to that, right? And uh, I'll stick with you, Prof. Kalistego. Um, so when we say health and environmental impact, and I'm glad you referred to work you have done personally yeah. and directly, and that comes under the purview of the theme of this lecture um what kind of things are we talking about right so let
1: me start with the health impacts. yeah we can look at this in different ways mm-hmm. we could look at it at the level of the individual minor okay. at the level of the immediate community mm-hmm. and then large scale, large
0: scale countrywide national.
1: yeah we could also look at it long term mm-hmm. short term mm-hmm. so let me start with looking at it from the perspective of the minor who is doing the activity okay when you look at the whole mining process, it starts with digging or blasting to get the ore. Right. That generates a lot of dust. So these miners are exposed to a lot of dust, and dust contains silica. When they inhale this over prolonged periods, they tend to develop what we call silicosis. It's some kind of damage to the lungs. Okay now that makes them more susceptible to other kinds of chest infections right so tuberculosis is quite common among these people other respiratory infections come in quite easily beyond that as they go down into the belly of the earth they have this helmets right. which is supposed to have a torch right most of them are not able to afford it mm-hmm. so typically what they do is they get battery and um, the normal torchlight. right and since they want to cast courts, they use um, Tiger Head batteries. Mm. And then they use um, car dusters right. to tie this thing around, around their head okay. with that torchlight. Right. By the time you are in there for an hour or two, the light has dimmed. Right. So. They are working in very dimly lit environment mm-hmm. that has an effect on their eyes. Their eyes they are not able to strain, coordinate. Yeah. They strain. Mm-hmm. And they develop a condition which we call the minus nystagmus. Right, Have difficulty in coordination as far as vision is concerned. Enjoy. In addition to other injuries to the eyes. Okay. Beyond that, when you move out <coughs> and you come to the environment in which they work, because of the lots of digging and all that around you tend to have paddles of water all around right now these serve as breeding grounds mm-hmm. for vectors that transmit diseases commonly mosquitoes. mosquitoes so you can think about all the diseases that are transmitted by the mosquito mm. from malaria to yellow fever to dengue fever to lymphatic filariasis so these are all transmitted by different types of mosquitoes right beyond that The conditions under which they work, again, are insanitary. So they have no proper places of convenience. Mm -hmm. So everything is released directly into the water bodies. So you have pollution of these water bodies by fecal matter. Mm -hmm. And so all the diarrheal diseases you can think about, from cholera to typhoid to shigella, whatever, they are all rife in that environment. If you go beyond that, they are working in very muddy Environment, some of them barefoot. Mm-hmm. Those who can afford Wellington boots, they will be in those boots for a whole day. So for those working barefoot, they are exposed to the worms, worms. soil transmitted helmets. Right. These can cause all sorts of infestations that can lead to anemia over a long period of time. For those that wear the Wellington boots, they are more prone to fungal infections, fungal. Right. foot rot, etc. So Look at direct
0: these are the direct impacts impact on those directly involved. involved You've in talked the about the miners. Of course yeah. there are there are women, children and other people in different roles in this uh should I say uh enterprise, right? And many of them to maybe uh, a lesser degree are exposed to these same conditions yeah. you are talking about, yeah. right? Um Doctor Ganley, I mean this 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 spreads and i know prof was going to proceed upwards right yep. small community larger community and then the broad scope of the impact on our health and our uh, well-being but again because this is a uh, an illegal activity to start with mm-hmm. right the kind of settlements the kind of uh, resources available are also impacted yep. and therefore people are making do with water, which <laughs> uh, we can't even uh, c- can't even describe. Yeah. right? Can we cast the net farther afield to understand? I mean, I understand the direct individual mm-hmm. impact on the miners, and I guess Prof has been pretty uh, uh, m- modest in yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> listing the kind of uh, conditions these uh, galamse workers are exposed to. Can we cast our minds to the Communities. Yeah. What kind of uh,
2: impacts right. are we looking at again? Okay, so um, maybe I, I I continue from a bit of the, the the pollution part. Right. So two of the chemicals that are commonly oh, used in these um, operations are uh, you think about mercury mm-hmm. and then cyanide. Okay. Right. And and these are things that are direct. Especially cyanide is directly used in 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 the water you know bodies and it's literally discharged into the the water bodies of course these are chemicals that basically contain metal particles right and we know that once you start to consume this maybe in the short term it doesn't show anything but over time Mm -hmm. then you have high levels of concentration of metals in your your blood and that leads to different kinds of complications so that's one thing thinking about the communities that are for example dependent on natural sources of water water bodies and all of that and this of course seeps into groundwater. exactly exactly in fact there's research that suggests that oranges that are that are grown in the context of places that are heavily mined Mm -hmm. where cyanide is discharged they've seen uh, traces of these chemicals in there right so you go you to town in a crowd here, and you buy an orange that is coming from an area that has been heavily mined, and then you eat it. You you feel you're far away from from Galamsee, but in actual fact, you are you, exposed. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about, and you've talked about the community aspect. Right. So one of the things that we're going to be thinking about is 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 the the, the, the communicable disease. And this right. is I want to talk about maybe. Um, what we would call sexually transmitted infections. Because that is also one of the areas that we've. there's a lot of work done mm-hmm. that suggests that you start to see increase in in, in sexually transmitted uh, infectious diseases, including mm-hmm. HIV and AIDS, in communities where you have these activities going on. Right. Because then there's cash, and then you have young women also looking for sources of livelihood right. so there are all kinds of exchanges happening and so people are unable to protect themselves and then so that generates a whole range of 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 of, of you know infectious diseases that you don't have to deal with um, right. um in the in the in the so long, the socioeconomic uh, factors okay can yeah. i just yeah i uh, mean just
1: to add up to what dr ganley was mm-hmm. saying you know during my work, I encountered this young man, twenty-nine years, twenty-two years. At the time of talking to him, he had had nine girlfriends. Yeah. All right. Just to buttress that point of sexually yeah. transmitted. So okay. we asked him, how do you manage it? And you know, to quote, I said, Gallam says I wasn't sure." Which means, hot, I mean, Galam says, "Man, you chop it as it come. You don't plan because he's in high demand." No, yeah. he faces death yeah. literally every day. He says each time they are going down that pit. For them, they may never you
0: come don't know back when you're coming back. So,
1: so Galam says, I wasn't show, you are not going to save it so that when you die, somebody else will come oh and enjoy. That's, that's so, that's another that's bit. So and then the effect on the extended society. We all love tilapia. Right. All mm-hmm. right. Don't now, really. tilapia is one of the fishes <laughs> in which this. mercury bioaccumulates. <laughs> yeah. So, those of you who love your Bangkok and tilapia, sorry to bust your bubble. Not all tilapia has mercury, anyway.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> but
1: it's one of the fishes, especially in their gills. Right, mercury accumulates. So you are sitting here, and you are enjoying your tilapia. As for me, I'm not in Takwa. I'm mm. not in Obuasi. Let
0: the politicians, the parliamentarians, fight over this. Yep. Me, is not exactly it's not close to but me. But it's closer than we think. Yep. It's closer oh than we think. Right. Listeners, if you nine just, nine just nine joined us, 33 minutes past your hour. Two on Joy 99.7 FM. We're considering the. Uh, uh, environmental and health impact of GALAMC, the real cost of the gold, yeah, not all that glitters. Uh, sure. Even most of what they bring out doesn't glitter initially, <laughs> but the trouble behind it, the import for your health mm. and well being and for our environment. The College of Health Sciences of the University of Ghana is having its sixth biennial uh, public lecture. right sixth biannual public lecture on the 27th of september at the british council hall uh 4pm targeting the public equipping you and empowering you with the information we are sharing here on join 99.7 fm if you have any questions concerns whatsapp is 055 11 we're live on facebook and youtube and the phone line is active 030-221-6541 if you have any direct questions of my guests in the studio. Now, you know, this kind of um, hotspot of impacts and activity and exchanges, be they uh, physical, psychological, social, socioeconomic. uh, If you recall, when uh, we're looking at the uh, HIV and its explosion, these uh, migrant workers and Mm -hmm. railway projects and other things, that was the fulcrum where all this kind of activity takes place. Our clinicians are looking at this and monitoring carefully. And there's direct empirical evidence that correlates these mining activities and the, uh, should I say, escalation in many, many, many health and environmental conditions of note. Some of them have been mentioned already, right? And that is what uh, this uh, uh, lecture focuses on. If you have any questions, concerns, Phone line active, 30 6541 WhatsApp is 55 997 The program is Ultimate Health on Joy 99.7 FM. So coming back to these issues, uh, some people will say, oh, but these illnesses, we know them, of course, sexually transmitted infections. Uh, I've mentioned that there is a correlation, empirically verified, that shows the uh, escalation of these conditions. Uh, Reverend Dr. Endano. I mean, many people want to argue that look, man must eat uh, like Kali uh, said uh, wasn't then show wasn't yeah, show. show, right? <laughs> you are making money and uh, maybe the kind of impacts we are talking about may not be visible to the 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 the, the, the general public, right? um let's talk a bit about the the work we've done and the work that will be presented right Uh, it directly speaks to these impacts um so we're saying that typhoid the diarrheal respiratory and other conditions right uh we can directly link them to this activity so in communities close and not so close this is demonstrated exactly
3: let me let let me just add to what my colleagues have mentioned I'm happy they have mentioned the the direct health and social impact. Mm -hmm. Where I particularly am very interested in is 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 some of the conditions are not immediate, right? especially areas where you have the pollution. Mm.
0: Doc, if I can just take this caller and then come back to you. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Right. Who's speaking? Where are you calling from?
5: Seth calling from Accra.
0: Seth from Accra. Please go ahead quickly.
5: Yes. Grateful for your uh, uh, insights. I would like to find out if the public lecture can be, be, be live broadcasted since some of uh, some some of us are not in Accra. And two, I want to find out if uh, this education you are giving us is it lacking? Is this knowledge lacking for uh, people who are managing the affairs of Ghana? That that this uh, it has to go to its extent for politicians to have all this respect, and still we are trying hard. To even think about managing or controlling, can I Are we a nation that is uh, uh, so damp with leaders that we are not able to uh, manage? And everybody will be affected, health will be affected. You will look at our, our, our health sector. And then we have been uh, a lot of challenges are being added on. Okay. I I, I can't just fathom. Why we are we are a that we cannot control ourselves and every day look at education I are giving every blessed time on Joy FM. Right. I mean it's like great points. Okay, people, uh, management is underman. Right. Go ahead, Dana.
0: Right. He's trying to ask <laughs> tongue-in-cheek so is it just the clinicians and the academicians who have monopoly over this knowledge and this information are we now realizing are our leaders and managers uh, should i say oblivious totally of this danger this ticking time bomb and the evidence and the footprints uh, of its impact he's also asking if the the public lecture is available Online for those who are not in Accra, I'm, g- I'm getting the nods. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah it will so be, be all right. It, will, it will be live
3: stream and through YouTube. Facebook, YouTube and Facebook, yes. Okay,
0: on YouTube and Facebook, yes, live. Okay, yes. Yes. so uh, 27th, yeah. 4 pm, live stream, exactly. Yes, so um, you know, we don't do research in a closet and hide mm-hmm. and get our degrees and be happy with ourselves. Um, dissemination, uh, our last caller is asking. Uh, why are we now talking about this? Well, why we, we waited, Or why do we, <laughs> does it seem that we've waited? Well, we,
1: we haven't waited. I talked about work we did yes. in 2013-2014. We okay. did that with a team from the University of Michigan. It was sponsored by the Fogarty Foundation. Right. Now, after that meeting, we held a dissemination meeting with the then Minister for Lands and Natural Resources and then Minister for Science and Environment. Okay at a hotel in east Lagon, we gave them a position paper stating all the facts mm-hmm. and all the concerns together with recommendations okay i have personally been on the same platform not too long ago 2017 2018 yep. with the then minister for environment science and technology okay. where i have actually shared some of my publications right i have been on the platform with some of them i have shared this information okay,
0: Bob, you've done your part let's hear the their response what has happened since this and many other efforts at proper uh informed dissemination. What, what was the response if you have ministers and other representatives stakeholders, key stakeholders and policy uh should I say makers? Uh just chew on that, let me quickly take this call and come back. Hello, good afternoon. Without two note. Right, who am I speaking
5: to? Oti from Chema. Oh, my brother Oti. You're welcome. Quickly. Yeah. My question and my suggestion that uh we have some cocoa farm in Wasa area there. And I went there, they are doing lot of Garam And I asked them, asked them, why are they doing Garam So I asked them, they are not nearing the water. So they are doing different places. The answer was that they are no,
0: nowhere near water.
5: Yeah, lake of water. So they just take the ground and the water will come and they use that water to do it. The and they told me that the cocoa, where there's a gold, the cocoa will not grow. If they, they planted cocoa there, you see cocoa cocoa no good because of the gold in the ground, it's not coming. So I was really worried. And not if you go to Wasa area there, their job is Galamfi. If the if you work in the morning, the guys who are going to Kalamsee, like the whole town is going to Kalamsee. So I was thinking these professors and staff doing the lectures in Accra here, why can't they go to that place? and make this call the chief and stuff that this is the issue because you are see the studio and it's saying that it's not uh, happening the people who are doing the turn in the ground there they are different place and it was picking different place so okay Okay. all right okay so Oti is giving us his own (laughs) direct
0: experience in uh wasa and he's wondering well is this talk this public lecture is it well positioned for the people at the, uh, should I say, heart of the matter, to hear and modify. He's talking about cheese and other things. We'll come to that in a second. I have another caller. Hello? Hello? Yes, good afternoon. Who am I speaking to?
4: I'm speaking to Michael. Michael? I'm calling from Akosomu.
0: Okay, Michael, shoot. <laughs>
4: this galamse matter is not about we the youth. You see, sometimes the leaders don't know that even this galamse is going on, he's pulling things on our own. Look at the whole water. The whole water we can drink is poisoning. At least for so many years, how is it going to make that water to be a good water so that they will drink tomorrow? Coming? You see, this galaxy. let's be the youth and the leaders, forget that we are following good, 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 money, 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 money. Let's think about our life. What is life? We should think about this thing very well, not today, not tomorrow. Right. A time coming. A time coming. You, you see sometimes in fact I cry, but I couldn't understand how even we are watching in on Ontario or we are watching the face to face how the water the color is. What are we what are we talking about in Ghana? What are we talking? Let's rise up and do something about this water because waterways is suffering. Well put. Well put.
0: Thank hey you man. so much. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Um, so you hear my listeners, right? They, 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 they express these concerns. Uh, the average person sees themselves as uh, uh, nobody. And therefore, when they are exposed to this kind of information, then they look to leaders, policymakers, and so on and so forth. And they are trying to uh, bend their minds around to see, well, where do you fit in this pipeline? Because our academic, clinical, and other researches feed into policy, public health policy and so on. We have laws on lands mining and so on and so forth, which have public health inputs, right? And are supposed to have protected us. It looks like, uh, do we shut our eyes and ears? This is what our our listeners are asking. Uh, uh, Let me start with Dr. Garnley and then come back. Okay, right. Prof. uh, Tego has to leave, so he wants to make some quick
1: right. Thank you very much. So the issues that have been raised, I'm very familiar with the Wasa area. Okay. I did my national service at Wasa Memphis. Okay. And my work was done in the Takwa area. So I'm very conversant with what happens there. And that brings us to the point of the environmental impact. Right, You know, it's ignorance that a land where there is gold, cocoa will not grow. Right. The gold is very deep in the belly of the earth. Cocoa takes its nutrients not that deep. But having said that, If we look at the environmental impact, there is destruction of farmlands. Right. What is going to happen is that over time, we are not going to have any more farms. Cocoa is is our cash crop. Very soon, our production levels would go very low. That is going to affect national income. Mm -hmm. It's going to affect food production, and that can lead to farming and more nutrition long term. Right. So it's not just about... Um, cocoa and um, gold cannot, uh, cocoa cannot grow where gold is. Right. That is one part. Uh, the unfortunate part is that the people who are supposed to be enforcing and protecting us, some of them are negative. Are involved. Let me share another experience. I went to a community as part of my research trying to recruit miners to interview and for three days, I got just about two or three people until somebody hinted me, look, go and talk to the assemblyman. This is a community near Pristia. Mm-hmm. So I went to see this assemblyman. I said, dog, don't worry, I'll help you. He, he gave me a time. I showed up that day. I recruited over 103 illegal miners. Mm-hmm. What was happening? He was the kingpin. He owned the pit. He employed the miners. And so he had control over them. They are more organized than we think. Right. They actually have an association. As part of my work, I was made to do a presentation to their executives because the miners will not talk to me if it is not sanctioned by their executives. Right. So they are more organized than we think. And this is a complete mafia. There are some communities where a Land Cruiser V8 was bought for the chief, yeah. proud to the mining activities. Right. Then they started the mining activities. He wanted to make noise. He said, okay, if you want to make noise, return the V8. And the man had gotten used to riding a V8, so he kept quiet. He tied his hands. Yes.
0: So these are the realities on the ground. So we are actually reaching the men and women on the ground in these affected communities. Okay? I definitely will extend this, especially with uh, Prof... Uh, he has to leave. He's off to Kumasi. And now that he tells me that uh, he, he did his national service in uh, Prestia, <laughs> I'm looking at his grey hair and wondering <laughs> whether it could be uh, related. But we, we still have uh, Reverend Dr. Indanu and uh, uh, Dr. Ganley in the studio. Now let's look at the, the, the socioeconomic ramifications. All right? Even in the possession of this good information, communities must sustain themselves. If farmlands have been, uh, should I say, destroyed, and if the key drivers for revenue, income, and sustenance for these communities are indeed uh, this driving force uh, activity, uh, is it a surprise that they are ab- unable? to respond to the damaging effects and change their ways or should I say refrain from and join the, the the clarion call to protect their environment and indeed their very own lives uh, they, they are caught in a uh, between a rock and a hard place and of course there's always talk of um, alternative livelihoods to protect against these health and environmental impacts but it doesn't seem like it offsets the scale in any significant, meaningful way. How do we move forward on these uh, things we're now very much aware of? It's not a recent uh, issue. uh, issue. How do we balance that for the community? Because they look at you, they must sustain themselves.
2: So, so i think um one point to add is that um so and this is also like in relation to work that i've been personally involved yeah, let me also, just quickly read
0: this out it seems the youth in our country have lost hope in the country and rightly so a visit to any of the embassies and the queue there is telling can you can our leaders at least do something to restore the hopes the hopes they had in earlier 1950s and 60s this is from Ganami Happy Home, right, uh, probably talking about uh, the despondency and the despair, which also fuels the activity we are talking about. Exactly. Yes,
2: no. yeah, so, so I was saying that part of part of the reason why it's become very complicated is, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is again coming from the Takwa Insuem area, Right. that in some places, say is t- also a protest. Right. That communities feel that they have been dispossessed for a long time. So you live in an area, it's like a forest reserve, and then government acquires it, they award it to a, a mining company. The company comes in, right. mines, takes away the resources, and then it's like, we don't get anything. Right. So you go in and then the chief said, why not? This belongs to us. Right. If our young people can mine, and like you said, give me a V8, why not? So, there are places that... So, they rather wrongly exactly. feel empowered. Yes. We are taking charge of what is ours. Exactly. And we'll use it to benefit ourselves. Ourselves directly. And then directly. we can all face the consequences. So, this is an important part of why it is so, so difficult to deal with it. Because mm. there are a lot of community leaders who are actually protesting that for a very long time, they have been denied, you know, what is supposedly theirs. And I think this is, if if we are going to start to think about addressing this, that is a good starting point. Because I think the evidence is also clear that where you have community leaders say, no, this won't happen in my land, we often tend to see good results. We see good results,
0: but they would also tend to ask you, um, at what cost? Exactly. Okay? I've read uh, reports, uh, WASH reports, PATH and other agencies, where it is demonstrated that, ironically, these areas are the ones deficient in uh, clinics, yeah. uh, health infrastructure, schools, and other things, despite the uh, ravaging and ongoing uh, mining activity, yeah. both legal and illegal, yeah. right? They see all these things and they wonder, well, can we not you know, yes, we understand you uh, typhoid, diarrheal respiratory uh, poisoning of our water uh, uh, bodies and so on and so forth but we seem able to look after ourselves better than relying on the regulated right, mm-hmm. formal mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. so they, they, they are not r- responding properly to these impacts yes uh, I'm very happy dr
3: has raised this aspect I strongly believe that the mining industry in our country
4: mm-hmm.
3: has not served our people well just as you expressed here we are, a huge mining company extracting millions if not billions of dollars of resources from our land. And here we are. We don't have good schools, no mm-hmm. good roads, we don't have good water, no good health facility. Then we begin to ask ourselves, what is the benefit of these things to us who are be- having the direct effect of that mining? Right. We are not getting it, but the minerals are in our soil. We will choose a way of getting our part of the resource right so what i think maybe government must begin to look at when the mining company comes into an environment a district a town or wherever it may be there must be a well integrated program to take good care of the people on that land
0: see we, people, we are not taking that my in, doc yes. just you know the people and the environment that is the point the environment is our life the point is that right. is
3: we are living in that environment right. and that's where we survive mm-hmm. and if we are not running the system the, the industry is not running such a way that one we run the, the, the environment is sustained mm-hmm. our livelihood is taken care of our health and these things are not put together in a comprehensive program right what will happen is that we those on the ground we see those people as enemies and we will see the regulators or government taking the money from us. Right. We see them as enemies. So what Dr. Gandhi said fits exactly in their mindset. Right. In addition to that, you see, if I am hungry, my immediate concern is how to fill my tummy. Right. And if you create an environment where, where the people will feel hungry, sometimes it's a strategy, it's a political economic strategy get them very hungry so that you can throw out uh, 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 crumbs to them you can Vulnerable
0: control them exactly are easy to manipulate easily to manipulate control so okay. this is a, like we have been
3: saying it's a very complex issue but there is a solution okay
0: let me let me just come to Dr. Ganley because yes. of course we're gonna have this uh, public lecture right as yes. I said on the 27th, Yes. 4 p.m. at the British Council, yes. chaired by none other than our own Vice Chancellor. Uh, very, very, very uh, uh, distinguished speakers. Right. say yes. and non-communicable diseases in Ghana. The Garamsey menace and its effect on infectious diseases. So communicable yes. and non-communicable. Exactly. Yes. We have ample evidence, and yeah. this will be presented. It's, what is our objective we're running out of time but what is our objective you know are we just as academicians, uh, academicians happy to tickle our bellies and say we presented as doctor <laughs> professor <laughs> whine, whine, whine. what is the downstream objective having chosen this theme what are we looking at
2: as dividends or right. yields from this public lecture Okay, so so there are, there are a number of things we are yeah. looking at as quickly as we can crystallize. Yeah, so the- so so I think one is the public education that is happening right now. Okay, um, in terms of trying to break down direct effect of you know, Galam say that every the everyday things that we okay. we do. So that's one level. The the other level is to think about again a, a form of reminding the policymaker that right this is bigger than you think and this is closer than you think mm-hmm. so hopefully um these these the pieces of evidence that is going to be presented at, at, the, at the at the at the um um uh, you know public lecture. lecture yeah is also meant to drive a certain conversation a policy conversation okay that should hopefully see people at okay so, so we are we are looking at it like not just I mean educating the public, but we are also looking at making sure that the policymaker gets to to see the evidence, they get to hear the evidence, okay. and hopefully that should again prompt some action. Are so, we, are we? I know the the structure
0: and the modus operandi for these public lectures. Uh, uh, is the College of Health Science looking, for example, to come out with some communique, some recommendations to key uh, policy uh, drivers? Yes, we I, al- think, I think the public would love to see something they can rally behind. Yes. As a product of
2: this uh, In fact, we've, lecture. In fact, we've always done that. Okay. Anytime the lecture is delivered, we produce um and um, um, sometimes we produce yeah, a communique yeah. right. and sometimes some policy briefs based on what has been, okay. been been presented and then we do share um those ones so right. that's what happened okay yeah in addition to that uh, at the lecture people be
3: given a chance to ask questions seek clarification and that we wanted to like you said uh, uh, start the conversation all over again mm-hmm. on, on a broader scale just as we are doing right now. Okay. So that's very one of the goals we want to achieve.
0: Right. Why would I attend? I mean, I'm listening to Norte and uh, Dr. Indano and Dr. Ganley and uh, just left us Professor tego mm. They are armed to the teeth with the evidence, right? Um why would I attend? Why should I attend? Um of course we've had it to be on uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook mm-hmm, and other mm-hmm. things but uh, what would you say to those listening to us who are thinking of coming
3: face to face interaction mm. gives more
0: feel if I'm a of- chief I'm a chief in uh, one of these areas should I should I come why not would why I not? get assistance to support and protect my 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 community my people
2: why not i mean i i think i think this again this would be a good platform for for such a person engagement yes to, right. to engage and to say look this is the example we have from here mm-hmm. and this is what we are doing or okay. this is what we are unable to do and then you can actually then like get like-minded people to support. So right. I think that's one very good uh, reason to 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 come on board apart okay. from the learning that would take place. I right. think there's it's a good opportunity to build a, a coalition of network that okay. can actually support mm. you to, to 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 take action okay. and and we're looking forward to that. Right. Lastly also will there be on showcase or on
0: show uh, uh, evidence of things we have been able to do with this knowledge and information? that is yielding positive results are there uh, best scenarios or good 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 stories from some of these researchers and some of these communities and this is not a conference
3: just right. a public mm-hmm. lecture
0: public-